0: We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon, Chris, and Rob. Welcome to the Faith
1: 168 Podcast. This is Brother Rob, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with Brother Christian. How are you doing tonight, Brother?
0: I'm doing good. It's good to be here and recording another episode of the Faith 168 Podcast. How are you doing, Brother?
1: I'm doing great doing great glad to be here uh miss Brother Brandon tonight but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll try to catch all three of us next week We'll, we'll see how that goes yeah well, we'll see. tonight we have <laughs> a uh a very interesting topic uh it's we have started to go over some questions about our faith, and uh I thought last week was a a very interesting and a very fun uh topic, and I hope tonight will be uh, pretty similar. So tonight we're talking about demons and uh, the the powers of the air, the principalities, the powers of darkness, Satan, and all of that good stuff. So, uh, Brother Chris, why don't you set the stage for us? What is a demon?
0: Well, that's a good question right there, right? Uh, <laughs> well, it and that's a good question to ponder during this time, because we have a lot of media that really covers the understanding of demons really covers the understanding of the devil. Uh, And we live in a a culture right now that really, you know, really lifts them up as kind of misunderstood beings, but simply they're just fallen angels. Uh, They were angels that rejected the will of God that wanted to interfere with God's plan of salvation for mankind. We see that's the fall of the devil. Uh, is, is He's in the Garden of Eden. In fact, we read in Scripture that he was a cherub over the Garden of Eden. He was supposed to guard and protect mankind. But instead, in his jealousy and in his pride, he tried to separate mankind from God so that they would surely die And then even after that, as Jesus came into the picture, he he tried his hardest to even defeat Jesus, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that if Jesus came and accomplished what he set out to accomplish, that that would mean that mankind could once again be in union with God. And he didn't like that. And so, demon, simple answer, fallen angel rejected the will of God. Absolutely. I love it.
1: So... Our basic question today, and we're going to get there eventually, we're going to work our way up to it. But our basic question is, can a Christian become possessed? So that kind of beckons the question, what is demon possession? Uh, What is it? How does it happen? Who can be possessed? Um, All of these kind of ideas. Let's talk through through that for a minute.
0: Well, I I think when it comes down to simple demon possession, we need to to make a clear distinction between possession and influence Mm -hmm. Uh, because those are two completely different things and I think sometimes we use them interchangeably. Possession is when a demon has complete control over your mind and your body, right? And we, we see that like, you know, if you go over to Matthew 17, 14 through 18, uh, we see that there was this child that was uh demon possessed and it says, and when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, Jesus, kneeling before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son for he has seizures and he suffers terribly for often he falls into the fire and often into the water, and I brought him up to your disciples, and they couldn't heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. And so we see uh, this demon had complete control over this young boy, and, and the demon's whole purpose for control was to harm. In, in this scenario, but you see in other ones, if you go over to Luke 4, uh, 33 through 35 here, it says and in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice, ha, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And so you see in those two instances, and there are more instances, but I'm, I'm not going to go on and on because we could be here for a couple hours talking about every instance. Yeah. But the demon had complete control in possession. It wasn't this man that was speaking to Jesus. It yeah. was the demon that was speaking to Jesus. It wasn't that little boy that, that was throwing himself onto the fire and into the water and trying to cause him bodily harm. It was the demon that was doing that. So, so complete control here. And now what would you mean when you say, what's the difference between control and influence is that influence is not that you necessarily have control. You know, I don't have control of you brother Rob, but I could influence you and, you know, say, you know, uh, Hey, man, we both got one problem in common. <laughs> We're losing our hair pretty fast. Um, and let me tell you, I started to feel this, this hair back here grow again when I use this special oil. It's called snake oil. It's crazy. Uh, but I could influence you by enticing you with something that is very tempting. You would like to have those long, luscious locks of hair you had when we were in high school together and I might influence you then to buy this snake oil, Mm -hmm. but I have no control on whether you say yes or no. In this scenario, there was no control for them. It didn't matter whether they agreed or disagreed with what the demon was doing. The demon was calling the shots. And so that's possession. But influence is when they entice you, when they tempt Mm you. And I would argue this is something to ponder. Do demons waste their time influencing the lost when they could just possess them? And, and I'll go ahead and answer this question, too, that we're going to answer. I don't believe a Christian can become possessed. Right. I believe that a Christian can be influenced. And, I, and though there's not a clear statement in Scripture where Jesus says, Hey, guys, I want you all to know something. uh, Demons can't possess Christians. He doesn't say that specifically, but we see a lot of understanding about who we are possessed by and why that would leave no room for a demon because we don't even belong to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We belong to God. And and we'll cover that a little bit further, uh, I I believe, as we, we go on. But overall, possession and influence are a big thing to think about and, and that one question to ponder do demons even waste time they, I mean what do you think about that do they even waste time with the lost and dying world with people that are not Christians or would it just be easier for them like hey you know there's nothing stopping us from possessing them let's just possess them
1: absolutely so uh, that's a, a very good question and, and some that definitely deems a a lot of thought and dedication and and trying to to figure out. I I think that one of the basic answers um, would be looking at at scripture, what Paul tells us, that we don't fight against um, flesh and blood, but we fight against Mm. spiritual powers, against the powers of the air, principalities. One thing that we have to understand is that – a principality is a geographical location where um, a demon or demons have influence over a large portion of people. Um, And so I would say, and this is just Robbie here, this isn't scripture. This isn't the faith one, six, eight podcast. This is just my personal opinion, but I believe that there's been a principality in America um, for a long time for abortion um, that 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 yeah. is a demonic influence that has been geographically located around our country and you can look at at hubs, especially cities, and see that that there are more it's more powerful there. Um, and so I would say that one of the reason that they would influence rather than possess is because unlike God, the demons are not omnipresent. They, they can't be right. in multiple places at once. And so if they're going to have right. uh, influence over multiple people, if they want um, to establish a stronghold in an area, um, then they wouldn't simply possess one person, but they would influence many. Um, and so I, I right. think that's one reason for influence over possession Um, like a strategic war
0: pattern. Yeah.
1: Yep, absolutely. And and that's what we have to remember is that we are in a spiritual war. Um, and until Jesus comes back, um, we are the soldiers and we have to fight. Um, and I think too often we, we neglect that fight. Um, right. And we're going to talk about this more, but we have complete authority over Satan and, and over the demons. Um, Scripture oh, yeah. tells us clearly that if if we um if we resist Satan what does he have to do he has to flee, flee um that yeah, John, um at the uh, name of 4, jesus yeah. yeah at the name of Jesus that even lost people can cast out demons because that's how much yeah. power now I wouldn't suggest it it didn't work out for the very good for the guys of the bible but um but even People who don't understand Jesus and don't have a personal relationship with him can claim the name of Jesus over, over Satan and, and have victory. It's a complicated issue, but um, the, the authority is in Jesus. And, and since we are possessed by him, we have been given the, the down payment of the promise, which is the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Um, we, we have Jesus in us. Uh, then, right. then we have authority over Satan. And one thing that I'll go back even to what you said, and this kind of goes to answer our question. Um, so Jesus is is talking, and he says, you know, when you when you cast a demon out, you, you've got to be careful because what'll happen is if if you don't fill that void with something. Then you'll find that the the that the house inside of you has been swept up and cleaned up just for seven more right. to come in and and possess. Yes. And so, right. uh, casting one out could lead to more if you don't fill yourself up with something better, that being the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, I think it's very important that um, that we understand um, that we are given a down payment, and that's one. One reason we need to understand grace. Um, how many times are we filled with the Holy Spirit? And I, I think this is where um, at least I have experienced some, some theological issues with um, a few of the uh, more charismatic believers who believe that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit more than once is that Once we have the Holy Spirit, he never leaves. He says that he'll never leave us or forsake us, that he's always with us. Um, And so it's not something he takes away. Um, And so our temple, and we're going to read this, our our body is a temple. um, Mm -hmm. and, And God's presence doesn't leave the temple. Uh, he, his presence stays in the temple. That's one of the cool things about the Ark of the Covenant. When the Ark of the Covenant was in the temple, the the presence of God was was there and it, it didn't go away. Um, and so as long as we're a Christian, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit and he never goes away. Um, and so we don't ever have to worry about the yeah. possession. But that doesn't mean we don't have to struggle with the influence because we definitely struggle with the influence. And and one thing that I do want to say, because I think this is another um, misunderstanding, is that we um, often give more credit to Satan than he should get. And I believe we give too much credit to to demons. We often say, "Well, well, Satan made me do that. Well, No, if you're a Christian, Satan didn't make you do anything because he doesn't have the power to make you do anything.
0: Well, and James talks about that. He says, you know, pretty much the devil doesn't make you do anything. What he does is he puts your own evil desires in front of your face and then he just watches the dominoes fall, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the the demons are the same way. They they can't control us, uh, but they can influence us. And if, if we're not ready to defend ourselves, so the cool thing about the armor of God that Paul talks about is there's offensive and defensive weapons. And so we need the defensive weapons to the the shield of faith to, to block those fiery darts that Satan shoots at us. We, we need the sword right. of the spirit because it's both an offensive and defensive weapon that Um, that the sword of the world that, that cuts through. And of course, how did Jesus respond to Satan when he was tempted by Satan? The word of God, he used it as a, both a defensive and offensive weapon. The third time what happened, Satan leaves because he sees that there's no hope because Jesus is using the sword of the word. Um, yeah. And so that, that, but one question I do have for you, brother, and, um, we're we're trying something new. Um, we're surprising each other every once in a while with with questions that we didn't rehearse or or, or come up with. Maybe for your entertainment. Maybe some, for some bloop, uh, um, bloopers on uh, YouTube. Maybe. But anyways, I've, I've got a just question for you. to keep us you. sharp.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to yeah, keep us up. sharp.
1: So, um, what about? The, the demons in the, in the New Testament and sickness. Uh, so a lot of people will, will try to claim that um, that Jesus and the New Testament writers were just all superstitious and that the demons weren't really demons, but they were just sicknesses. And so what what defense do we have against those accusations? And if they were demons, <coughs> could demons be causing some of the sickness? in our world today?
0: Yeah, I I do think that one thing that is a demon's priority, some of them, not all of them, because we do see different types of demons. Uh, In fact, there's a time where the disciples are trying to cast out demons and they can't. And Mm -hmm. they go to Jesus and they think that they've messed up horribly. And Jesus says, no, this is a different kind of demon. This one you cast out through prayer and fasting. And when it comes to demons, you got different types. Yeah. And I don't think scripture even tells us of all the types, just that there are, uh, but there's two ways of casting them out. We only see two ways of casting them out. Yeah. That is through the name of Jesus and then mm-hmm. fasting and prayer. Sure. And we see that very first demon that I was talking about that was in that young boy. It was causing him to have seizures, causing him to throw himself into a fire and into the water. Uh, we see in other parts where it says that it was a deaf and dumb spirit. It was it was causing them to not be able to speak or to hear, and. I think the authority comes right here when we understand, is this superstitious or is this real? And that comes to a point, is scripture the infallible word of God? And if it is, which I believe it is, then when Jesus said, I'm casting a demon out of you, he healed many sick without saying anything about demons. He healed people that were blind and didn't say, I cast a demon out. No, they were blind since birth. It was just something that happened to them. Uh, He raised people that were dead and he didn't say, well, a demon brought them to death. But in those instances, in a couple instances where people had some things that were similar to the sicknesses of the day. Now, you know, I've heard people say if your kid has any type of autism or death or anything. Those are all demons. I don't believe that, but I believe in some cases that's what demons do. Uh, I, you know, I, I, when I was a young kid, I, you know, I'm not going to say I was necessarily demon possessed. I never felt like a demon had complete control over me. I never had someone cast out a demon, but I was, I was heavily influenced for sure. Because they thought I had a slew of problems. And it wasn't until people prayed over me and I put my faith in Jesus that those slew of problems started to go away. So even just following the influence of demons, I think, can lead to a lot of different ailments of mental and physical sorts. And so, yeah, I think that there are sicknesses. That are a direct cause of demonic influence. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, and I would That's my I would answer. completely <laughs> agree with that. I think that, um, I think that most of the sickness we see in our world today is is simply the result of sin that leads to death. Um, but I believe yeah. that there are some instances of demonic possession um, that lead to, um, sicknesses. And, um, you know, uh, I've got a really close family member with, um, epilepsy and, you know, that's one of the ones that's usually called out that said that's caused by demon possession, but obviously there's been MRIs and it's stuff in the brain. I'm not a neurologist. I can't tell you what happens up there, but, but it's, it's a brain Malfunction, right, and and so it's medical.
0: <clears throat>
1: now, right. could there be somebody that that deals with seizures that's demon possession? Absolutely, we see it in scripture, um, but that doesn't mean that everybody that deals with it is is demon right. possessed. And yeah. so we have to we have to use logic and common sense uh, as well as good exegesis to to come to correct conclusions, and um, and yeah. and so just because someone is sick doesn't mean that they're possessed, especially yeah. if they're a Christian. Um, the, the family member yeah. that I'm talking about is a Christian. She was a Christian before she ever had a seizure. Um, and so right. according yeah. to my exegesis of scripture, a Christian can't be possessed. And since a Christian can't be possessed, the seizures were a sickness and not demon possession so
0: yeah well in further understanding on the difference between a christian and a non-christian in possession is we see a very common theme throughout the new testament and even you see this in in the old testament but this is a more common theme in the new testament is who do you belong to that's mm -hmm. the one who has authority over you and jesus talks about those that belong to god their heavenly father, and then he tells some people, you belong to your father, Satan, uh, who is the ruler of this age, the little G God of this age. And typically when you're talking about who is your father in this biblical sense, it's who has the authority over you. And, you know, uh, my parents made choices with me they had the authority over me but there were people that had influence over me but i didn't belong to them and so when it came down to the court setting and i think a lot of times you can take scripture down to a court setting like who do you belong to that's the one who has the say who has complete say but uh and I, you know when you read Romans chapter 8 verse 9 through 11 it says you however are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, talking about those that have professed Christ. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And so there's a clear distinction between the two. The one that belongs to Christ and the one that does not. The one that belongs to Christ has his spirit. And you were saying this earlier, that that is what protects them. And you can go on in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, uh, in, and also 6, 19. Uh, you see that Paul writes this. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells within you? And then six nineteen says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And this is important. You are not your own. And so... The answer to demon possession with the Christian is no, a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon, but a Christian is possessed. A Christian is possessed by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not forceful like demons. The Holy Spirit is for our good. He's our comforter and he's our helper. And instead of forcing us to do things, he encourages us. He convicts us. He guides us. He teaches us. He reveals to us. And I think also when we're talking about how do we know when there is a demon-possessed person in our midst, I think the Holy Spirit also reveals that to us in a lot of different scenarios. Is this just sickness or is this a spirit that is contrary to the spirit that is within us? Because, you know, the demons, they recognize Jesus wherever he went. Oh, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And, you know, and the, so we we see the authority in who you belong to. And if you belong to Christ, then the devil can never claim that he has authority over you, nor can he say, I can take complete control over you, nor can any other demon do that. Because the Holy Spirit has control and possession of us.
1: Absolutely. So let me ask you this.
0: Should we fear demons? No, I don't think we should fear demons uh, because perfect love has cast out fear. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have, through Christ, authority to mm-hmm. cast demons out of anyone else or tell them to leave our, our presence. Yeah. And so when it comes to, to fear, uh, that's, that's when we forget the authority That is around us. And that's when we allow influence to really take part in our lives. When I fear what's coming at me, I cower. I know I don't think about what I should do, what I should say, what I've been commanded, but I cower. And if I cower, I'm actually submitting to the influence of that demon right there, because that demon, one of their main goals, I think all of their main goals is to keep us from witnessing the people Mm -hmm. Absolutely to keep us from from saving people from their condemnation in hell, yeah, and absolutely. so when when we fear now now don't don't beat yourself up when you go through instances like that and you feel fear because we are human we're gonna mess up, we're gonna be afraid in some instances, but I don't think we have anything to fear. I know this, a demon cannot touch one hair on my head without consent of the father. The devil had to stand before God to even go near Job. And that was more for a learning lesson, not for Job, but for the devil to understand God's superiority in that instance that you can't do anything to my most faithful servants and get them right. to curse me. And uh, and so if the devil can't touch us without the consent of the Father, yeah. and you see the devil didn't possess Job. Right. He just attacked him. He influenced that's them. So. That's
1: right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Matthew 28 is important here. Uh, So when Jesus um, has risen, uh, he appears to the disciples right before his ascension, and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Um, And so first of all, we need to understand what he means when he says all authority. Um, So what he has just done was raised himself from death to life, so he has authority right. over death. Um, he, in his resurrection, he defeats Satan, sin, hell, and the grave. Um, and Satan and the demons can be synonymous there, uh, in the sense that um, he has authority over them. He has defeated them. Uh, I think that I think that there was a party um, amongst satan and in the demons and and we often hear this idea that that satan and the demons are currently in hell and satan is the ruler of hell but um first of all that's unbiblical because when when we see um where satan is what does he say he's been going to and from on earth seeking, seeking who, who he, he can made devour it. Right, and so, and, and notice that too. Seeking who he can, well, if he was all powerful, he he wouldn't have to search for those he could because he can't he can't touch God's people without God's permission, just like you just said. And so, he's seeking people who he can. Uh, now, the thing is, the closer you get to God, and the more you are doing for God, the more He's going to come after you. Uh, but but the goal is and. So you were in the um, you were in the Army, correct? yeah, is, is that the branch okay so yes. so you trained and, and you worked and you never had to see combat, did you? No, okay, so if you would have had to go through combat, how would you have done that? What would you have relied on? My training? Your training, training. absolutely. Yep. And so, when Satan starts attacking, what should we do?
0: Rely yep. on we our rely on our training. Yep.
1: our training, yep. absolutely. And so, when you rely on your training, there might be some fear in the back of your mind. But what? Where, where's your focus? Is your focus on the fear? I hope not, because if it is, you're about to get some people hurt. Um, your focus needs yep. to be on what you've been trained to do. Um, and, and just like the the physical war in the spiritual realm, when Satan attacks, we have to just rely on our training. We can't be scared. We just have to trust. We know that Jesus said that he has all authority um, on heaven and um, it, uh, it, on the earth and in heaven. And so if he's, if he's got, and and noticed heaven is less of a geographical location, but a difference in realm. So earth is the physical realm, heaven's the spiritual realm. And so what he's saying is he has authority everywhere in the spirit realm right. and in and, and the physical realm. And, and so what we need to understand is that nobody has authority over him. Um, so Satan right. couldn't do anything to me without God's permission. And I trust that whatever God has for me, um, that it's going to all work out for my good. It might not always feel good. It might not always lead to health, wealth, and prosperity, but it's ultimately going to lead to my good. And and part of my good means the furthering of his kingdom. Um, So even if it kills me, but it further his his kingdom, it's for my good. Um, And so I'm going to trust him. um, And I think that's, how we tap into that authority.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think too, one of the big reasons why there are some that believe that you can be possessed as a believer is because there have been some people that have professed to be believers and then they see a very serious time of possession and think, well, they were definitely, definitely believers. And it turns out that they were just the posers, the ones that, you know, went out from us, as John would say, but they were never a part mm-hmm. of us. And so I think that's also an important discernment because that is evidence right there is if there's someone that says that they are a Christian Mm -hmm. and then they are possessed, then they're not a believer. So yeah. One,
1: one more thing that I want to talk about and then I'll see if you have any questions. Um, Deliverance ministries are are making a comeback, Um, especially in my area. But I think across America, I think there's one kind of famous deliverance guy and, and he's, kinda of influencing other people, uh, speaking of influence, but um he's influencing other people. The demonic to, influence. Yeah. <laughs> right. To and you know, it's it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day about these type of ministries, and we talked about how Jesus would say, you know, something like, Why would Satan cast out Satan? It would be to, you know, it it, it wouldn't build Satan's kingdom, but then we got to to talking. If if Satan can convince you to focus on anything other than the gospel, he is building his kingdom. And so, if if yeah. you think you are casting demons out of a saved person, you are not focusing on the gospel, and you are building Satan's yeah. kingdom. Um, and so, my question right. for you is: is what do you think of of these ministries, and what should be the alternative? to a deliverance ministry.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think there should be deliverance ministry in general. I think it should be a part of ministry overall. Deliverance is what we do when we share the gospel, whether you have a demon in you or not, because you are being delivered from the power of Satan. Either way, you are being delivered from the power of death, the power of sin. And so Absolutely. that in itself is deliverance. But but we have this warped idea of deliverance that it's smacking people on the head and screaming and dancing around real crazy. Yeah. And that's what the demons would definitely want. That's what the prophets of Baal did as they were worshiping. And I believe that Baal was very demonically influenced. Oh yeah. Just like a lot of the Egyptian gods. Because mm-hmm. you saw that there was power. Yeah. They they had this like very deep faith because they saw this power. Yeah. But then when God shows up, the power's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're sitting there, they're they're lashing themselves out. People were throwing their babies in the fires yeah. for yeah. for false gods because they saw something. Even the gods of Egypt, these little g yeah. gods, even had a semblance of the power of God. When Moses faced the magicians, right? Yeah. And you that's saw a little bit say. of power there.
1: My my favorite yeah, and that's... story that displays that is, is the the serpents and the staffs. You know, Moses right. throws his staff down. It turns into a serpent. The magicians do the same thing. But then what happens with Moses' staff? It Consume. eats the rest yeah. of them and shows the power of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, but overall, these deliverance ministries, I think it's smoke and screams to, yeah. to take our eyes off of the true mission. Because if we're so busy casting demons out of the redeemed, <laughs> then we're not going to be casting demons out of the lost. Yeah. And we've receded, and this is, I think this is what devil, the devil wanted. We've mm-hmm. receded into our churches where we think that the battleground is the church ground and it's not. The battleground mm-hmm. is the world. Mm-hmm. This is where we worship. This is our, our preparation room. This is mm-hmm. this is where we come together and plan and encourage each other and strengthen each other, and then we go out and we face these demonic doctrines head on, and that these types of deliverance ministries, those are doctrines of demons, oh, yeah. and, and I'm I don't care if someone thinks that I'm harsh on saying this or not, but I have seen way too many Christians talk about, well, I had a demon uh, possession and it got knocked out of me because I went to this deliverance ministry and this guy got up on stage with a baseball bat and and destroyed a Barbie house and stuff like that. And he said there were demons in Barbie, there were demons in Starbucks. And we're talking about the same guy, I'm pretty sure uh, right now. But it's baloney. It's completely yeah. unbiblical. Oh, yeah. Now, in some of these deliverance ministries, here's the interesting part. They mix lies, a lot of lies, okay. also with a lot of truth. Yeah. For example, the same guy that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and I'll go ahead and say it uh, because this is a free country, but I'm talking about Greg Locke. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, I don't know if, yeah, I, I figured I figured so. Mm-hmm. But he, he presents some very true things and he is very passionate. Oh yeah. And you know, he talks about witchcraft is witchcraft demonic. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he almost makes it into a mob obsession Mm -hmm. of let's go burn down houses of witches. And while we're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and cast the demons out of all of you. And that's not deliverance ministry. That's a show. Yeah. That's a mockery of the faith and I abhor it. And and I, I know I'm a little different on some things and some people don't like it. And, but I believe in calling them out by name when they do stuff like that, when they go so far, if I just see them once or twice doing something like that, I'm like, I don't know enough about them, but I've seen enough of Greg Locke to say, yeah. I'm sorry. If you're listening to them, you'll not find a shred of agreement on these demonic issues on the faith one six eight podcast. Uh, I, I, and I speak, uh, you know, for my brothers as well, because I know where they stand, not necessarily on Greg Locke, but where they stand on scripture. Right. And, uh, it's just, it does. It, it's insane. It's, it's not, it's not biblical and it's not deliverance. It's bondage. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So one thing that, that I think is interesting um, about deliverance ministry, so so which one is easier? Is it easier to, to pray over somebody and then to say that uh, a demon was released from them and now they can live in freedom or to have somebody to come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and, and train them in the ways and they should, which they should go and have daily Bible reading yeah. and prayer and, you know, and incorporating fasting and meditation. Of course, it's harder to train. Um, I'm assuming yeah. um, basic training wasn't any fun. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, is that it's so much easier and it's so cool and mysterious and mystic to, to talk about, you know, deliverance But yeah, and maybe I I shouldn't use this word, but the the thing about our culture is, is training isn't sexy. It's not, it's not appealing to us. And yeah, but the thing is, it's, it's necessary. If, if I want to, to lose weight and get in shape, you know what I've got to do? I've got to eat right. And I've got to exercise. I know, right? Terrible. Yeah. Um, if I want to, they, we used to like do it. <laughs> I know, right? If if I want to, you know, do good on a master's class, you know what I got to do? I've got to attend the class. I've got to study. I've got to read the book. If I want to, to live a life worthy of my calling, which is scripture, then I've got to practice I've got to to be in the Word. I've got to be a person of prayer. I have to um, fellowship with the saints um, and so we have to um, we have to train and I think these these ministries are becoming so popular uh, because it's a quick fix. but you know what the problem with quick yeah. fixes is or They usually don't work. (laughs) They break
0: apart real fast. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If, if there's a, a a bottle with some pills that says, if you take this bottle, you'll lose 50 pounds of weight. I would probably avoid that bottle of pills, right? Because it's not going to be good for you and it's probably not going to work. Um, and so if I want to lose weight, I've got to put in the effort. If I want to live for God, I've got to put in the effort. Yeah.
0: Well, and one thing about these deliverance ministries that is so appealing is that there seems to be some type of power in it for the person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's more about how powerful the one praying over you is or how powerful you are getting through that and coming to that point. Because I can promise you this. No demon was sitting around waiting for Jesus to come around. He showed up and they were like. Oh snap! Oh, man. <laughs> right, yeah. This, yeah. we should have been on the other side of the country today. Yeah. Oh yeah, but oh snap! Here he comes. <laughs> yeah. So I find it unlikely that the demons are lining up ready to be delivered yeah. and, and, and yeah. cast out. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's that's just a logical thing, right there. Like, yeah. no, Absolutely. no, that makes no sense whatsoever. So. But overall, uh, deliverance is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deliverance is real. There are demons. They do possess people. You, a Christian has all authority in Christ, not in themselves, in Christ right. to cast mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. And that's deliverance. But also deliverance is simply sharing the gospel and introducing people to Jesus so that they can be delivered from their sin, they can be delivered from death, they can be delivered from hell. But yeah, I think that, that pretty much wraps that up, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. One of my uh, favorite um, quotes on the topic, um, I can't remember who I heard say this, I heard it a long time ago, uh, but it's, you can't discipline a demon, um, and you can't cast out an attitude. Um, and so, you you know, if, if it's a demon, yeah. you got to cast it like out. <laughs> but yeah. if it's an attitude, you got to
0: discipline it. <laughs> You've got to decide. There are a lot of Christians with some attitudes that were, <laughs> pretending, right. were pretending like it's a demon. Yeah. That's like, true. ooh, Sister <laughs> Moth in the back. Yeah, yeah. that, you know, spirit of disobedience in her yep. that that's judgmental. her attitude <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> Wooey, cast that out no that's a that's an easy way of trying to go about it to, to overlook it and, and kind of have to cop out of it yep. uh, the, the hard thing is the training so yeah yep.
1: okay. well thank you guys so well, much for joining us today on the the faith 168 podcast um, I think it's been a, a great time um, Brother Chris, thank you for your words of wisdom, and um, you got any last words?
0: Nothing that I can think of. Go out there and live faithfully for Jesus, 168 hours of the week. That's that's about as good as I can go.
1: That's right. All right, you want to pray us out of here, brother?
0: Yeah, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, uh, for this time that me and my brother get to fellowship together and, and just search out your word and answers to these tough questions. Father, I just pray that that we did our due diligence in, in answering this common question that people have. and That this would help strengthen the listeners of this podcast. But Father, I just pray that you encourage and strengthen those listeners that they would live for you and that we would live for you 168 hours of every week until we meet again. It's in Jesus' name I pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Something we were wanting to do is just give a shout out um, at the end of an episode to a local ministry or something like that. Um, Something that's important to me and and we kind of missed it, but I still want to shout out. um, A few weeks ago was Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. um, And around my area, Um, There are alpha alternatives um, that provide uh, special care to women uh, who find themselves pregnant when they don't want to be. Um, They provide things like ultrasounds and health screenings and all of these things. Um, And so if, if you don't already, I would challenge you to find your alpha alternative or, um, or, or your program around your area that is supporting young women who find themselves in a situation where uh, maybe they just had a one-night stand and and they find themselves pregnant or um, they they don't have a job, and so they don't know how they're going to financially take care of the baby. One of the thousands of reasons that uh, young women struggle with this decision, Um, supporting organizations like Alpha Alternative are going to provide these women with the opportunity to hear their baby's heartbeat, to, to see them moving yeah. around and it could protect the precious life of the child that, that God is knitting together in their womb. Uh, and so I just wanted yeah. to use my shout out this week for Alpha Alternative in my area. Um, look for the program in your area. Make sure you support them. Uh, write a note, Send the the workers flowers. Do something just to support them. Let them know that you care and you're praying for
0: them. Well, we thank everyone for listening to the Faith 168 podcast. We love you all, and we will see you, maybe all three of us, next week. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.